What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan and your boy Drew. Back with another episode of Cover 32. We're joined today by our boy Sydney S. Wesley Dawkins. What up, Sid? What's going on, everybody? Big Sid in the building. Big Ben Redemption. 2020, let's get it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we got a lot of delusional friends, as you guys <laughs> are coming to see. But we love them regardless. Drew, how you doing, bro? I'm doing all right, bro. How you guys doing? Man, I'm living the dream, bro. Get to, we alive. Get to re- Summer's here. You know what I mean? We get to record a podcast about our favorite sport, even when it's not here. True. Exactly. Like, so that's lit. Um, so today, we got the NFC and AFC North. As you can tell, our boy Big Sid is coming in, repping in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steeler Nation, boy. <laughs> you know, so we're going to touch on them last. Um... <laughs> How are you guys doing, man? How, how's, how's the listeners doing? You guys feeling the podcast? Let us know on Instagram, um, Cover32 Show. Let us know what you want to hear, man. What you guys want to see more of? What do you want to hear less of? You want to hear less of me? I don't know if I could do that. But, <laughs> you know, let us know. Talk to us. You know, we're open to suggestions. Um, so today, we're going to start with the NFC North. Um, a lot has... This has been kind of a crazy offseason as far as... Um, trades, and as far as the draft, a lot of um, good pickups that are providing a lot of fantasy value. So I just want to hop straight into this. Um, Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Um, Sid, what what jumps off the page to you from the Chicago Bears? Um, To be honest, really nothing. Uh, I really would don't want anything to do with the Bears too much. Uh, Last year, I drafted uh, Mr. Trubisky because mm. I thought he was going to have uh, one of those years. He ended the t- uh, the 2018 season really strong. Uh, I thought that, you know, he was going to kind of be a dual threat, kind of like what a Josh Allen is yeah. right now. But uh, because of the um, what's going on over there with the quarterback situation, with uh, them getting Nick Foles, and I read some reports that, uh, the coaches are favoring Nick Foles because he mastered the playbook within a couple of days. Eesh. It worries me because the production of, you know, the star receiver, I think, is Allen Robinson. Uh, the production is going to be um, basically gauged off who's quarterback. And I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the Bears are going to hop on the train, which is the the tank for Trevor train. <laughs> so I, I think if their quarterback situation, if they start the year like one and five, one and six, they're going to choo choo, uh, just you know play the the rest of the season out and just tank for Trevor Lawrence. I, I really just don't like the offensive situation on the Bears defense. You want to pick up their defense in the 17th round? <laughs> I'll do it. But as far as offense, I'm not really impressed with uh, – no one really jumps off the page to me. Gotcha. You got any gems in there, Drew? Uh, nope. I'm kind of, kind of in the same uh, boat as Sid when it comes to Trubisky. He finished uh, QB 12 last year, which is kind of weird. Um, but that's not going to – translate to this season at all yeah. uh, especially with just the Bears the, the organization itself signing Nick Foles will tell you something right there that they don't think well, they, they're lining up for it to be not really his position it's his position to lose at this point right so, um, 
So fa- fantasy wise, maybe I would stream Trubisky if you if you want to stash him or need him, you know, for bye weeks and stuff like that. But that's not really a guy I'm looking to draft. Um, with the running back uh, situation, I always like Tariq Cohen. He's kind of one of those small scat backs. He can kind of do everything on the field. Um, I just really don't know what this offense is going to look like outside with, with when you take into account their their quarterback uh, quarterback situation uh, and really only having Allen Robinson on the outside. Who don't get me wrong, he's he's somebody I would I would look to draft uh, as a wide receiver too or something like that. But uh, other than that, there's not much on the Bears. I'm I'm looking forward to this season. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I think right now the two that kind of are most on my radar are going to be David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, my same thing as you guys, my question with Allen Robinson isn't his ability. It's the quarterback that's going to be tied to him. I think that Nick Foles is going to be his best bet to being a fantasy viable option. Um, Nick Foles in Philly ran a very clean offensive geared offense um like he's he Nick Foles does really good with a simple playbook and he 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 does good with reading the defense um I think if they keep this playbook pretty simple and just focus on the fundamentals which is what Nick Foles does well I think Allen Robinson can eat from that because uh, he's a guy that does everything. Yeah. Um, he can run in between the uh, um, across the field. He can run the go routes. He can run the slants, the deep post. He can run a ton of routes, and he's a big dude, you know. Yeah. So yeah. he can take the contact. Um, so he can be end up becoming a volume guy. Who I would I would liken his gameplay a little bit more to like a Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. a, a a route running threat um, who gets a ton of receptions. Um, so you guys who play PPR, full point PPR, um, he's definitely a, a good pickup, I would say. But it's gonna his ceiling is gonna be contingent on who is a quarterback that's tied to him this season. Um, and then David Montgomery, I think he's pretty straightforward. He's pretty much the only only thing that's worth uh, anything in the run game down there. Um, so I, I don't I don't rate him very high. But I also I'm not gonna tank too low on him. I think he's I think he's a mid round back. Um, I just wouldn't invest too much stock into too much draft capital into picking him up. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this I agree. There's not much in the Bears this season uh, that you want to put faith in and draft right off the bat. If you're playing like a IDP, like individual um, defensive players. Then yeah, you can load up on the Bears, but most yeah, people don't play do IDP, so you can take what you want from that. But there's there's not much to to touch on the Bears. Yep. All right, so let's move on to something more exciting. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's move on to the packs. Nice, the Packers. The the cheese, the, cheese, the dirty dirty cheese. <laughs> um, yo, Drew. Yo, what's up, bro? Do you think? Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top seven quarterback this year. Uh, ooh. That, my friend, is a good question. Yeah. A top seven quarterback. Finish as a top seven quarterback. Um, you know what? Yeah, I do. Um, and the reason I do is because he hasn't 
shown me in the duration of his career that he is not capable of that. Yeah. And I feel like he has finished in at least top seven in almost every season he's ever played. Yeah. So whether it's not because we in fantasy you hold Aaron Rodgers to such a high you put him on such so much of a, a pedestal when it comes to scoring fantasy points for a quarterback that it's just, it gets kind of it looks crazy when he doesn't doesn't finish top three right it's like oh Aaron Rodgers is trash now like he doesn't whatever he he doesn't throw as much anymore whatever that might that may be the case. But he's still, in my opinion, at least, he's still Aaron Rodgers, and he will make it work. Yeah. Like, whatever the Packers give him or don't give him, which has been <laughs> more of the uh, <laughs> more of the trend recently, um, I still think he, he's going to make it work. He still has Devontae Adams, um, and they have a whole bunch of really solid wide receivers that I think this year are going to make more of a splash than they did last year. It was like some some pickups and uh Vontes, uh Scantling and a couple of, a couple of other guys that you just pick up off of waivers and throw into your lineup. But I think one of one or two of those guys are gonna stand out a little bit and Aaron Rodgers will make it work. So I, I, I think he will end up top seven. It might be seven, but Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he does finish top seven, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think um I think the volume that's gonna be there alone is gonna always keep him in that top seven conversation Sid what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones Aaron Jones I love him yeah uh not only do I love him I think that he is going in either the first round or the early second round Mm -hmm. and the reason I love Aaron Jones uh, one of the reasons is he affects the entire offense so he's going to catch passes uh, from all across the field. I mean, he caught some deep 40-yard touchdowns last year. Yeah. He can run the rock um, inside, outside the tackles. And when you have a an elite player like Aaron Rodgers, who always has the threat of throwing anywhere on the field, it opens up more offense for Aaron Jones. And because he's involved in all phases of the offense, you can look to him to have – Easily another season like he did last year. And the reason I love the Packers situation, I mean, I like Jamal Williams, but he is a it's a it's a handcuff situation. So right. If I'm drafting Aaron Jones late in my uh, draft, I'm getting Jamal Williams. Yeah. But uh, even though Jamal Williams cuts a little bit into Aaron Jones carries and playtime, which angers me a little bit at the same time. Aaron Jones is still super productive with the Jamal Williams. So if one of them gets hurt, best believe that is someone you want as your on your starting roster week to week. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Jones is definitely high on my list because of how efficient he is. Um, like I said, he gets the yards, he gets the receptions, he gets the touchdowns. Um, like you said, he's involved in every phase of the game. Last season – the only gripe that you could have against him was the the involvement of Jamal Williams. But I really think Jamal Williams takes a step back this season. I think they saw that uh, Aaron Jones can handle the workload. Um, and I think they're going to give it to him. I think you're going to get more of a 65-25 split. Uh, 65-35 split, I'm sorry. And I think you it might even grow greater than that as the season goes on. Um, I think Aaron Jones is the type of running back that 
he starts the beginning of the season with a splash and then they turn down his carries a little bit to try to preserve him for the rest of the season. Depending on what the Packers record is come around week 10, you might see an increase in the usage of Aaron Jones. If they are fighting for a playoff spot, bet your bet your behind. You're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones. So, um, yeah, I'm really high on him. Um, the other player, obviously, I think it goes without saying, Devontae Adams is a monster. Top 10. Um, last season, he was super productive, even with the um, without getting into the end zone a ton. You know, he didn't get into the end zone until more of the later of the season. I think he went like almost like six weeks without touching Pater. Yep. And he still was putting up numbers that held you down which was solid because he was getting the receptions. He was getting the yards. I mean, the man was getting like six to 10 receptions a game. He was getting like anywhere from 80 to 110 yards a game with no touchdowns consistently. Um, so he was, he ended up being someone that you can really trust. And I think this season with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he takes a step back. So the offense has got to go through these three players, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I would definitely get pieces of those guys. I have a take on Aaron Jones. I do like him as a football player. He just gives me a little bit of the Julio Jones vibe. Maybe it's a Jones thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's Jones. <laughs> he's Jones a little bit. But and what I mean by that is Julio Jones obviously is guaranteed to be finish a top five receiver every single year. Like right. if Julio Jones is on the board and you're in a position to take Julio, you're probably taking Julio. Most likely. Yeah, exactly. But you get games out of Julio Jones where he explodes and has the has a number one week and scores the most out of anybody. And then you get weeks or runs of weeks when he doesn't do anything. Right. So I feel like I get a little bit of that when it comes to Aaron Jones. And I might be a little bit of um, getting his his run shares cut into, mm-hmm. but just last year alone, week one, 39 rushing yards, and then week two, 116. Then week three and four, 19 rushing yards, 21 rushing yards. Week five, 107. Yeah. So, like, he, his it's numbers, all over the place. they're all just at the end of the year, and it's like, okay, yeah, of course, draft him to the, the bottom end of round one, beginning of round two, stuff like that. Like, he he's great, but at the same time, when you're – Thinking of plugging him into your lineup, it's it's almost as hit as hit or miss as as Julio. Like the numbers there at the end, but yeah. week to week, you really don't know what you're gonna get out of him production wise. That that may change. And then, but and then get more consistent with it. But I'm and then sure. what sucks is like you have no option. You have to start him yeah, because start him. because of how high his ceiling is. Yeah, yeah. You have to start him every single week. Yeah. To be honest, though, I really think that. They were still testing the waters between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams last yeah, year. Like they were going back, and, they didn't know who they wanted to be the lead back at that point. Because mm-hmm. you know Aaron Jones had a couple rough things with dropping passes and yep. fumbling a lot. So they they were kind of going back and forth. But I think Aaron Jones solidified his job towards the end of the season. Definitely. And yeah, the, yeah. if you're in a PPR league, you can trust Aaron. If he doesn't have it on the ground. He's most like more than likely oh, yeah. gonna have it in the air. So yeah. he's gonna get four or five catches a game for fifty yards in, yep. the, in the TV. For sure. So I think I think he warrants a first or a second round. I wouldn't be mad 
Hey. If someone grabbed him up in the second round early. He yeah. ended my fantasy season last year. Oh, <laughs> man. We don't got to talk oh about that. <laughs> he has so much upside. It's ridiculous. You know, you know, I'm not dry. I'm not touching him with a table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he destroyed the Cowboys for four touchdowns last year. And then literally, literally cost me a championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We don't got to touch that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. Just so the people know. All right. So, Green Bay. I say we'll we'll finish that with just saying the guys you want to focus on: Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you are looking for some guys to shore up your receiver position, I the rest of the receivers and Geronimo Allison and uh, Scantling, they're just so hit or miss because they don't do anything that Devontae Adams does. Um, so those are going to be streamers. Yep. Um, the reason we don't talk about them is because they're not guys that I'm putting in my draft might board. Get 40, might get zero. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think I said Stanley's <laughs> name right. The yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll, they're definitely streamers. Um, so just wait on them. I yeah. wouldn't take any. Absolutely not. You know, go get yourself a second defense defense or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a mark and get a second defense. Yeah. Early. All right, guys. Let's touch on the Detroit Lions. Ooh. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my favorite piece of the Detroit Lions offense is going to my boy Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that was your boy last Oh year. my goodness. He was, you know, aside from what he provides from a fantasy perspective, he was just so much fun to watch, dude. Yeah. He's a big bodied receiver. High point will high point the ball, will play big, very aggressive. Um, he was another guy where, so where I'm sure we'll t- you guys will touch a little bit on it. Where I run into issue with the Detroit Lions offense is the presence of Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones really does hold back Kenny Galladay from being the monster of a receiver that he really could be on a consistent basis. He still has games. Huge games, you know, two touchdowns, 120 yards. I had, a, I think there was a couple games last season where he had like two touchdowns, 190 yards, yeah. um, you know, 10 receptions. Like these are monster games he's having. Um, and he definitely warrants a high draft pick. I've seen him go in the second. I've seen him go in the third. Um, I wouldn't call you crazy for either. I think uh, he definitely comes with risk. So if you're a little bit lower on him, yeah, I do think he can be drafted no lower than the fourth round, but he also has massive upside. So I wouldn't call you crazy if you said you want to grab him in the second. Um, that's probably my my personal biggest uh, takeaway from the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is somebody that I want a lot of pieces of. Um, Drew, what is your thoughts on the running back situation there? Uh, all right, so... DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Their Georgia. New, <laughs> their, uh, their new rookie running back that they just drafted. Um, I won't hit on it too much because I know, Sid, I know you got some opinion Ooh. on DeAndre Swift too, but he um, is an electric running back. Um, now, I hate, I hate hyping up rookies sometimes when they don't pan out to be anything, but watching him in college, he is literally electric. Um and I, I do like on Johnson as well. But here is another one of these rookie running backs that's going to come in and take a pretty decent bite out of on Johnson's carries. Um, 
Especially because DeAndre Swift can catch too. He's not one of these like, like ground and pound, just give me the ball and run through the first gap I see type of guys. He can he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, so I, I I'm excited about their running game, and I also think that this helps out uh, Matthew Stafford because we know he was hurt last season, and he's going like pretty. He's he's slipping in a lot of these drafts because it's because it's the Lions, it's Matthew Stafford. But yeah, mm-hmm. for fantasy purposes, that that dude can chuck it, bro. And he's got obviously we just talked about uh, Jones and Galladay. He's got weapons, and if the running back situation is the run game is better, Oof. like the situation's better, I don't know what Matthew Stafford could be on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he might. I don't know. I'm, he, I, he's going for Facts. me personally. He's going a little late in some of these mock drafts that I'm doing. So I'm I'm excited about Stafford too. But. Sid. Yes. What you think about your boy? Uh, well, if we're talking about Matthew Stafford, I love him. I think he is a perfect um, fantasy quarterback because the Lions, if you watched any of their games last year, they were, I think they lost most of their games by fewer than three points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like that because you know at the end of the game that in the fourth quarter, my boy Matthew Stafford is hauling (laughs) and when you got a Kenny Galladay who is I think one of the best uh two receivers in the league right now and that I think is going to get well over a thousand yards this upcoming season only thing I got to say to the listeners man steer away from the running back situation on the lines for now and let don't draft anyone all right, stay away from Carryon Johnson, especially. <laughs> okay, because I drafted Carryon Johnson early last year, I think third or fourth round, because I thought with uh, I thought in the PPR league with his catching ability that he was going to at least you know supplement me fifteen to twenty points per game. <laughs> He's extremely touchdown dependent, mm-hmm. and he did not get a lot of pass attempts toward him. Stay away from him, DeAndre Swift. I guarantee you will be the starter at some point this year. <laughs> yeah, so I would I wouldn't really spend too much of my stock on either. But if you if you're just dying to get DeAndre Swift, stash him on the bench. You know what I mean? Keep him back there. But if if I'm drafting from the Lions, I want a Stafford and I want a Galladay. Mm-hmm. I want them both. <laughs> I want both of them. I want both of them. Sure. <laughs> what do you think of um David Blau now playing? <laughs> to be honest, I liked him. I was feeling him on Thanksgiving last wow. year. Wow. He was going in. Yeah, he was. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think there's too much left for us to touch on when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Uh, Galladay, Stafford, or Bust. Yes. Uh, yeah. But like, like the guys were saying... Um, Swift is definitely someone that you can keep your eye on. If you feel, if you got a complete team, you got your receivers, you got your quarterback, now you're looking for guys, some little gems to stash on the bench, I would definitely spend a little bit of draft capital to put him on my bench because you never know. You might walk into some crazy situation where he takes over week three and now you got yourself an RB1. I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm just saying. You know, you never know how the season can turn out. And Marvin Jones is a very solid wide receiver. Throughout. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so. I just feel a little bit salty towards him because he's cutting into oh, my yeah, boys' yeah, receptions. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so he's definitely someone you could look at too. Um, all right, let's finish off the NFC. The Minnesota Vikings. School! <laughs> where, where, my, where my skull city at? <laughs> um... All right, where to start? So we lost 
Stefan Diggs. We gain Justin Jackson. Sid, what does the presence of Justin Jackson and the exit of Stefan Diggs, what does that do to Minnesota? It makes the team way more efficient and way better. And I'll tell you why. Because when you have... uh, Kirk Cousins was coming from uh, a bad Redskins team. So when you play great on a bad team, you're not supposed to. So you're looked at as kind of like a hero. But when you go to a team like the Vikings, who has everything you need Mm -hmm. together, and this is uh, something I want to touch on because it involves Tom Brady too. When you go to a team that has the tools, the defense, the receivers, the coaching, everything that is built around winning and you don't win, Mm -hmm. it's a lot more pressure on the quarterback. So you got a Stephon Diggs and an Adam Thielen. That's hard because, you know, a quarterback is always going to – they're always going to like a a receiver more. And let's face it, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen had a thing. They they just had the chemistry. So now that Stephon Diggs is is leaving that locker room, especially with the receivers and the quarterback, it's going to be a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. Adam Thielen is now his true number one. So you don't have to bicker about, uh, I didn't get – a uh, red zone look today. I was wide open. And I, I don't really blame Stefan Diggs for that because he is just too good of a receiver. To, he he you know, really he is, last year. man. I mean, there was games where he had two catches for 14 yards. Yeah. That's despicable. To have uh, that Viking team with that run game and that play action for someone like Stefan Diggs to have 14 yards. So, for me personally, Adam Thielen, I'm, I want him on my squad. Mm-hmm. Uh Justin Jefferson, I want that man on my squad at some point. I wouldn't reach for him. I'm not reaching. But uh, just real quick, because I know you're not going to touch on it. <laughs> the Vikings have the best handcuff in the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. Mm-hmm. So if you get in Dalvin Cook, because he's going in what? Top five, top seven. You best add my boy Madison mm-hmm. toward the end of that draft. Yeah. yeah. True. So, on that note, Drew, because I know this is your boy, mm. how do you feel, how confident do you feel in Dalvin Cook's ability to provide points, to provide production this season? What, how confident are you? Are you worried about the injuries, or was last season enough for you to say, nah, this guy is worth every bit of it? Contract here. Yeah, so, so with Dalvin Cook... I love Dalvin Cook. If any of you, but anybody who listens to this knows me and knows me fantasy wise, I love Dalvin Cook. I drafted him two years in a row. First year he did not pan out for me; he got extremely hurt. <laughs> and the second year he pretty much carried me to the Super Bowl game. So, with his injury history, um, it does scare me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's knee stuff. So with a running back, mm. anything with your knees, it. it it's always, you know, a shaky, shaky yeah. warrior. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm always thinking about that. Um, but that only affects affects my draft stock in him based on who goes before him. Like what, like what pick I have. Yeah. Much. So the only four players I'm not drafting before. Uh, let me see. Yeah, pro- there's probably only four dudes I'm not taking before. Uh, and I mean that I am taking before Dalvin Cook, to be honest. McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Michael Thomas, and then I'm going Dalvin Going Dak? Yeah, yeah. I'm going Dalvin Cook. Oh, because his production is just, when he's on the field, he 
literally he get first of all he gets all the carries. So just like the scheme, they mm-hmm. like, they run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. And he's he's short, fast, quick. You can't really get hands on him. And if you do, all of a sudden he turns into this like like the Hulk or something. <laughs> he's throwing people. He's a beast. Yeah, it looks like and he does, and it's it's weird seeing like Every time I think of like that Vikings helmet, I think of Adrian Peterson running down the field. Yeah, Adrian Peterson's massive. So you look at Dalvin <laughs> Cook; it's like you see him squirming through people, and then he just comes out of the hole right. and and just takes off. So yeah, in I think they're going to involve him a little bit more in the passing game with the um, departure of Stephon Diggs. Even though they got they added Justin Jefferson, but he's a new receiver, so Kirk Cousins doesn't have a whole bunch of trust in him right now. So right. I think Dalvin Cook's going to get a couple more looks in the passing game. And I, yeah, I would, I would, he's in my top five. He's right at the end of my top five. Yep. So now, Dalvin Cook versus Alvin Kamara. You oh, first one. Yeah, see, so the, now, now I'm about to go against my own rankings were just now. I, oh, my gosh, bro. Go with your heart. I would still, yeah, I'd still go Dalvin <laughs> Cook. Just because I know Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball every single, like, just, and for, yeah. for me personally, I was watching him on my team every single week. <laughs> yeah. And I saw what he was doing when he was on the field, like, points-wise. I'm like, yo, he's literally getting 20 points every game. Right, yeah. <laughs> Wild amounts of, or more than that, but it, it was more consistent. Alvin Kamara last year was not really consistent, but he's still it's still yeah. Alvin Kamara on the scene. Yeah. So you can't really you can't really downplay it that much. But me personally I'm still going down cook by the smallest of margins. Sid, who you taking? I'm taking Alvin Kamara only because the man had he catches like a receiver. So if he can't pound it into the end zone, he will uh moss you. Yeah. <laughs> in the corner of the end zone. And I feel like he's probably one of the best red zone players. I mean you can't go wrong either way. You really can't personally I take Alvin. Yeah, it's, this one's tough for me, too. I think the only thing that I say Alvin and the only thing that gives Alvin the edge in my book is the fact that I think New Orleans is going to be the better team right. this year. Yeah. So I think they're going to be in more of a competing standpoint, and I think Alvin Kamara is going to be a huge contributing factor to that. Yeah. Um, in my experience playing fantasy football, and one of my philosophies is – I always want to get guys on winning teams because winning teams produce a lot more production. Um, and Minnesota, I'm not sure about them. They're 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 a team that will beat you, but I don't think they're a team that's gonna do. I don't think they're a team for the long haul. Um, I think they're a good. They're a team that produce a lot of fantasy viable players, but I don't see them in the long haul. Um, you know, being in that playoff race. But then again, that's tough too because sometimes some players that com- that produce the most are, are the players that are um, in a playoff run because there's so much on the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still th- give a little bit of an edge to Kamara just because I think he's on the better team. Yeah, um, agreed. So what else we got from from Minnesota? We had Dalvin Cook. Uh, we touched, touched on, on that. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk, man. Um, <laughs> only re- <laughs> only reason I I find him to be viable is because we talk about all these viable off- offensive weapons. It's gotta go through Kirk uh, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. It's gotta go through him. So I think he is going to produce just off the fact that there's so many weapons around him, mm-hmm. and they're all gonna be fed. We know that, 
So that means it has to go through Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to have any, and by any measure, an insane year. But I think he's going to do a lot of what he did last season. I think he's going to serve his purpose, and it's which is hard to rank him because he's not going to be anything that you want to rank down on. But he's not also somebody that you want to be too high on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I, like so, listeners, I definitely would draft him mm-hmm. um, because the quarterback class this year uh, to draft from is a little bit more scarce than it was the year prior. Um, there was tons of quarterbacks last year. Yeah, this yeah. year, I think a lot of those quarterbacks who we were high on last year showed their colors, yeah. and a lot of them are riding the bench. My boy Jameis Winston, it pains me. That was my fantasy. That was my fantasy boy, and he's on the bench, bro. Um, so you want to be a little bit more smarter when you're uh, drafting your quarterback this year for sure. Um, I think I think that's pretty much it. Uh, who's a tight end? Is it still uh, Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. He's yeah, I, yeah, he's not. And I, he's a streamer, in my yeah. opinion. Um, or if you're re, if you one of those people who wait to like round fifteen to draft a tight end, he, he'll be there for you and he'll hold he down the position. Um, and DST solid. Yeah, solid. I, don't, I feel like that doesn't really need to be said. So, uh, Minnesota, that's about it. Yeah. All right. So, Chicago. What record do you think they're getting? I gave them a four and twelve. Four and twelve. Ten for Trevor Tree. Wow! 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 Uh, I will go six and ten. Okay, I'm going seven and nine. Wow. I'm a little bit higher on them. Okay. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna perform a little bit, but still not by any measure be good. <laughs> um. Uh. So we had uh, Green Bay. I got them at twelve and four this year. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll go ten and six. I'll hop on that ten and six. Okay. Uh, Detroit. I got them at nine and seven. Ooh. Okay. All right. Uh, I got them at seven and nine. I got them also at seven and nine. Oh, okay. And we got Minnesota. Eight and eight. Hmm. <laughs> um, Miss playoffs. Wow. NFC is too deep, man. NFC uh, is deep. Yeah, I go. Actually, yeah, I'll hop on eight and eight. I got them ten and six, man. Yeah. I think it probably goes against something that I said. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> the more I think about it, man, I just I don't know. I think they can compete, and they might surprise you with a couple games, man. Who knows? And I think some of those games where they surprise you might be enough to put them in that ten and six category. Justin uh, Jefferson from LSU, bro. You know how them LSU Bro, they get down, bro. <laughs> All right. Finally. The long-awaited <laughs> AFC North. We are the North. Still the North. Sit over here tweaking. Let's <laughs> go. But you still got to wait. We ain't doing Pittsburgh yet. All right. Where would you like to start in the AFC? Let's get my let's get my bangles out the way. Even though that yeah. is a very like hot topic. Bangles yeah, are hot. yeah, they hot right now. Everyone on that hot. <laughs> All right, Drew. What's up? That quarterback situation, man. Yo, that QB sitch. Because um, I know you are the, the you are the college watch. You are, you are my college guru. Yeah. Okay. Is he worth everything that people are hyping him up to be? All right. So his at the beginning of last college season. I did not see what everybody was talking about when it came to Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, he's not. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, he can 
throw a slant. He could throw a, like an out. Like he's not okay. He's, he's solid, you know. Yeah. LSU is a powerhouse, so any quarterback you put in there, you know, you could probably make him look pretty good. Right. And then I started watching him towards the tail end of the season and in the playoffs. And I was like, yo, this dude's for real, bro. He can, <laughs> he can make yeah. any throw out there. If he needs to run, he can, and he'll juke you. Mm-hmm. Like, he's – it don't look like he will, but he he actually has that capability. Um, and I really do think that that for the Bengals, moving on from Andy Dalton and grabbing Joe Burrow, I think that is a franchise move right there. Oh, right. wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do think Joe, Joe Burrow is – I wouldn't – I don't want to go as far as saying, no. I was going to say, yeah, no, he's the real deal. I was going to say something else, okay. but I'll hold that. Um, yeah, I think he's he's solid, bro. He's got, they, they left him with some weapons, and he's extremely accurate. That's what that's what sticks with me talking about Joe Burrow is he's very, very accurate. So he, he's still got, he's got weapons coming back. AJ Green's coming back. So, so fantasy implications, uh-huh. is he a top 12 quarterback? Uh, he finishes. Actually, no. Yeah, he does finish top. Yeah, four. yeah, yeah. He does. He's at the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you talk about having uh Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, they drafted T Higgins out of Clemson, who is a monster sized receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of built like. Okay, let me. I was about to say built like DK Metcalf. He's not built like DK. <laughs> no Metcalf. one is built no like DK built Metcalf. Like <laughs> But he's tall and, and got long arms, big hands, and stuff like that. So if everybody's all over AJ Green, you could toss it up to to T Higgins. So yeah, and they got Joe Mixon back there. So I think I think they're gonna be solid. He's he's gonna finish. Yeah, I think he'll finish uh, 10, 11, 12, something like that. So it's funny. I am one one of the few people who is very low on Kyler Murray mm-hmm. going into this I season. Would. I'm going Joe Burrow before I go Kyler Murray. Really? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Whoa. I do. I just, I see a lot, even with D-Hop going to Arizona, mm-hmm. I see, so first off, the Bengals, what, what's always strange about the Bengals is they haven't had the personnel to do this in a while, but they are a shootout team. They They're right. a team who desires to put the ball in the air and what's nice about the Bengals, in my opinion, is they're not that good. So because right. they're not that good, they're always going to be playing from behind. Right. A lot of the times they're going to be playing from behind. I think that is where we're going to be able to see Joe Burrow. If he's going to be a bust, you're going to find out this season. Yeah. Quick. And, and quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going. I think, you know, with A.J. Green, hopefully A.J. Green can return to, so, to form. Yeah. And if he can, now you're talking about you got an AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. You still got um, running back uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, yep. you know who is still disgusting. Oh my gosh, I he's got a Joe Mixon. you know <laughs> Joe Burrow is actually in a great rookie situation, yeah, having so many weapons around <laughs> him to help him do yep. his job. And so being that, I like the situation that he's in more. I am higher on Joe Burrow than I am Kyler Murray going Woo! into this season. I am. That's hot for me, bro. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of Kyler Murray this season. See, and that's that's the one place where we disagree. Yeah. I don't I don't see it. Nah, I, I don't know what it is. Kyler Murray, bro, is not even just on the field. It's just I feel like he just don't care. He giving me like <laughs> Jay Cutler vibes. Like, <laughs> I feel like football is just something he chose because he, he I don't know, maybe he didn't have to play it as long. Uh-huh. Or 
I don't know what went into the decision between baseball and football. Yeah. But I feel like as a court, any other position on the field, you could do that. Like mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, yeah. you want to play safety and you want to hit a home run on Tuesday? Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. As a quarterback, you have to be one might Like, it has yeah. to be straight up, I am the general of an offense. Like, yeah. So, yeah. and I feel like even with D-Hop, I mean, this dude had Larry Fitzgerald last year. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sorry, Larry Fitzgerald is one of the best receivers to ever touch a football. Yep. And I, I don't know. I, I'm i just not that big on the boy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's a, I think he's a good football so, player, but I don't, I don't, he give me Jay Cutler vibes. I don't know why. <laughs> so, what, all right, so what, uh, what do you think of Joe Burrow then? I the love opposite side. Joe Burrow. I think he is a baller. I think he is a franchise changer. Okay. And, yeah, you know, I'm that. happy that he's going to the Bengals just so, like, our, the AFC North can get more, you know, competitive. Yeah. But I think the success of him and his team is contingent on if they pen to paper A.J. Green. Because mm-hmm. he's already saying if they don't get this deal done by July 15th, he's not taking a franchise tag. So no, if they don't get this job done. Yeah, no, yeah. But he's saying, I'm sitting out. And yeah. he's 31. So yeah. this would be probably it for him. Like yeah. it's, it's, He's getting to he's, that age yeah. where... He's not going to be able to play football. He wants yeah. to have the same and then that's it. So if you have AJ Green, a Tyler Boyd, a T Higgins, a Joe Mixon, and you get an inspired young quarterback that's going to inspire his teammates, and they don't have to have Joe Mixon carry the team like uh, like he has been, I think you have a very successful team. Well, not a successful team, but. You make an extreme like jump from, exactly. from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. I also think Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, another great handcuff. <laughs> yeah. Giovanni Bernard has yeah. saved me many games yeah. over the past two or three seasons. And Joe Mixon will miss games. So, <laughs> yeah, I that. you know, but I, yo, but I like Joe Mixon, though. I, you know, I, I, I actually love Joe Mixon. Right? I yeah, think yeah. Joe Mixon just hasn't been given the situation that he needs yet, you know, to yeah. be able to showcase his potential. He, if you go back and you watch 2018 and 2019's highlights, just you know, forget about the the ugly stuff. Just watch what he's done good. You see such raw talent. Yeah. You know his vision, his ability to turn on a dime. He's got fast hips. Yep. He's fast in general. Um, he's a lot of just really good talent. If the team takes a step forward with Joe Burrow and we're able to utilize these uh, these uh, offensive weapons around him, I think. Um, Joe Mixon is also a someone that is going to positively uh, be impacted by this offense. Yeah, I, I agree on Joe Mixon. I personally love Joe Mixon too. Um, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts, and he's I in my in our big league. I have pick eleven, and he has been there. Hmm. And um, keep toggling between him and Julio right there. No, go go, go go Joe Mixon, bro. <laughs> no, oh, Come on, go Joe okay. Mixon, bro. Oh, I, but he's also there coming back to me in the second round. So yeah. for me, Joe Mixon, he played all 16 games last season. Yeah. Got 1,100-something yards. Not a whole bunch of catching. He had like 35 catches or something like that. Yeah. But with this, yeah, with this offense, adding back A.J. Green, adding a young, big receiver in T. Higgins, and having just – as explosive as he is, if he doesn't hold out, because he is also about to ask for money too, and he's on the, he's on that edge of trying to like ask for money and doing all that holdout crap that everybody does. He's he's about to pull a Zeke, I think. Yeah. If yeah. he does not, 
I would take him at the end of my first round, beginning of second round. Yeah. Just based on how this team is being built, Joe Mixon's going to go off, bro. Yeah, he's, I agree. He's definitely going to be a steal. Um, yeah. The holdouts is definitely uh, going to be a big theory. issue yeah, because the Bengals don't pay anybody. <laughs> so, nah. So. Hard to pay people when you don't got money. <laughs> but, all right. So, from Cincy, we got Joe Burrow is definitely a lock. Yes. Pick him up. Yes. Um, Joe Mixon, definitely a lock. I would definitely spend some draft capital on A.J. Green mm-hmm. this year. I don't think you have to spend too high a capital on him. But he, he warrants a third, fourth round pick mm-hmm. just off of the potential of who he is. and um, But he's, he's risky, man, because... We don't know. We could get old AJ Green back, or we could start to see the decline in the emergence of a wide receiver three. AJ Green. We don't know. But but his ceiling alone does warrant a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely get pieces of them. Tyler Boyd, as we said before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's then that's pretty much it. Yeah. Cleveland. Woo! We got some hot takes. All right. <laughs> hot takes for you. Steaming hot takes, man. All right. I'll start with mine just because he's probably my favorite, one of my favorite players in the league. Jordan said, I got a hot, hot. Let's get it. <laughs> Yo, I love Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah. Love yeah, we Nick Chubb. <laughs> All right. I won't even talk about what my name was last year. <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast. Family friendly. <laughs> but I love Nick Chubb. But I do not think. He is a first-round running back. Okay. Agreed. I also don't think he is – I don't think he be, he deserves to go that high in the second round either. And it is not because Nick Chubb is not good. It is not because he can't get the job done. It is, one, because the Browns are horrible. They just do not know how to take an offensive weapon and utilize them efficiently, consistently. Two – Kareem Hunt is there. He's a problem. Kareem Hunt is another plague to our <laughs> running back situation because Nick Chubb aside, yo man, when Nick Chubb, before Kareem Hunt came back from his suspension, Nick Chubb was balling, bro. Yo, the Ravens were looking like a powerhouse, scary, and Nick Chubb just bent them over and spanked them <laughs> and nice. said, "Why are you, yo, stop it." <laughs> Gave him that father face. Um, he went off, man. And he did that a lot before Kareem Hunt. I was puzzled as to why when Kareem Hunt returned, the 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 carry shares seemed to go almost 50-50. And sometimes we didn't even see Nick Chubb, you know, in some of the most high-pressure moments. Um, so Nick Chubb, as good as he is, unless that running back situation kind of gets a little bit less murky... I don't think he warrants a very as high of a draft pick as he's going in as Yahoo will tell you he needs to go. Mm. Right now, Yahoo's telling you go if you got the 10th pick, grab him. That's oh, oh, crazy no, to me. Absurd. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, um I don't think he I, I mean I if you if you got if you're going at 15 and beyond, I I would feel a little bit more comfortable. I still think 15 is a little bit high to draft Nick Chubb, but if you believe that you know something's gonna happen with the offense, go for it. I don't, um, but it's just poor, man. It's really poor, and it, it makes me sad because that that's my boy. I think he's a great running back. I love him, IRL. Um, I think he's a really good running back in real life. Um, just from the fantasy perspective, man, Kareem Hunt really just kind of single handedly tanks into those carries. Yeah, 
Um, Drew, what up? how do you feel about Baker Mayfield? Oh, good old Baker. Good old Baker. If he, um, all right, is it my only thing with him is if he stops doing commercials, <laughs> <laughs> he will be once again a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, seriously though, I, I do, I do like Baker Mayfield when it comes to, to fantasy. Um, and I think he's going to have a, I wouldn't say bounce back because he's never really had like a fantastic season, but, um, I don't know. It's tough with him, bro. It's a, yeah. It's I, I don't know where he because he has the talent. He just doesn't do it when he gets out on the field. Yeah. I'm like looking at it, like watching a Browns game. Like yo, what the heck are you doing, bro? <laughs> like I have no clue. He doesn't. I don't know where he's throwing it, and he doesn't. Which scares me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he just like he just drops back, and he's like, "Oh, where's Odell?" If you can't find him, he just like throws it to the back of the offensive line's helmet. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like he can. He has the capability of throwing for mad yards and mad touchdowns. I just don't tr- trust him enough to draft him, say, you know, no. If I needed to, he could be my quarterback one, and I, uh, he's going to be QB one for, for a lot of teams. Yeah. I just don't, like, I wouldn't be going into the season as comfortable at my quarterback spot if Baker Mayfield is my guy at QB. Yeah. It's a little different if you play super flex or if you play two QBs or something like that, but... If you only have one spot for quarterback, I'm def- yeah, definitely. If you have to do it because you need a quarterback and the top other guys are gone, obviously grab him. He's going to do decent for you. Um, but I would definitely look into getting another quarterback in the next couple of rounds or whatever, depending on where you are in your draft, or be trying to do some type of deal or something based on uh, how he starts the season. I just, I don't know. He, he's shaky to me. Yeah, I agree. Sid, yes, are you high on the wide receiver situation over there in Cleveland? Well, yes, I am. I'm yeah. high on Jarvis Landry. Yeah? Okay. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be the top receiver again. Wow. And let me tell you why. There is a special connection that is not with stats or numbers or anything that a quarterback has with a receiver, and Baker has that with Jarvis. I don't know, like... They have a chemistry that is just undeniable. If you watched any of those Browns games, the the chemistry that these dudes had together, like if Baker gets in trouble, he's not looking for Odell at all. <laughs> yeah, he go, true. When he throws to Odell Beckham, it's forced. It's like yeah. when Kirk Cousins would throw to Stephon Diggs. They're throwing to them because they feel like they have to. He's supposed to be the best receiver. The play was for him. I'm going to just throw it. And it just feels... It's going out of bounds. It's not there. But when he throws to Jarvis, that ball is accurate. Yeah. That ball is tight. He's going to him in the red zone. And third down is going to Jarvis Landry. So, Odell, I don't know. I know they're getting a new offense, offensive coordinator. But I really just feel like there's certain quarterbacks. Like, you got Tom Brady, Big Ben, A-Rod. They don't care who they throw to. <laughs> they throw into the open guy. Yep. But when you have a, a newer, younger quarterback like a Baker Mayfield, they are going to throw to who they feel safe to. And Mm -hmm. Jarvis Landry is this man's safety blanket. And I think that, once again, Jarvis Landry is just going to eclipse Odell by 
two, three hundred yards easily. Wow. wow. Smash the hot take button. Holy. <laughs> um, hot take. Real, real quick, Sid, I agree with you, but I don't. It mm-hmm. makes any sense. It does. Um, because I I get that Jarvis Landry is, is his safety blanket. I 100% agree with that. And he obviously he has great hands, a great receiver. If he's in trouble, Jarvis Landry is a small enough guy where he can get past somebody, come back to the quarterback, do anything like that just to get open. So he can get um, Baker Mayfield out of a little bit of trouble. Yeah. With that being said, Odell is still talent wise the best receiver on their team. Easily. And when he's in the right position, like I feel like, I feel like not just you, but I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that before last season, Odell was top, a top five receiver, regardless of seat. Like he was like perennial. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's always in the top. Five. Talent wise, I think he still is. And I I just feel like with having that much talent and then getting that one season out of the way of like, uh, I don't know what we're doing. This is kind of cr-. like, you know what I mean? Being there with his, with his boy now and him not really caring so much how much he gets the ball mm-hmm. and Baker, you know, getting these, these two weapons and trying to figure out himself in the league. I, I want, that's all gone now. And I feel like, Odell is going to bring himself back in. I'm not saying he's going to finish as a top five receiver, but I think he is going to bring himself back into that conversation at least of being like, he like I think he's going to put up ridiculous numbers this year. Not ridiculous, but like regular, like what you but would expect like out of Odell. Numbers. Yeah, like what you would expect out of an Odell type of season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was I did research earlier in the week. In of like the percentage of snaps that that receivers take, mm-hmm. Odell was number two last year, and he's on the field ninety five percent of plays. Yeah, and to your point, Jarvis Landry was on the field ninety three percent of plays. <laughs> so them two dudes are literally always on the field. But I feel like when you put everything into a bowl, the the better receiver, the better football player is going to end up on top. That's why I think Odell at the end of the day will be the best receiver on the team. That's that, that's respect, just me. I respect the opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I can't see it happening. I think what Baker has with Jarvis, Eli had with Odell. Hmm. Now, I'm not okay. saying Eli was a great quarterback, but let's not sit here in front like Eli <laughs> wasn't a good quarterback. Like he had a chemistry with Odell Beckham, and we haven't seen Odell Beckham on another offense until last season. And yeah. I'm not saying yes. I think you put Odell on. Mm, 30 out of 32 teams, he's probably going to be the most productive on that team. Yeah. But this weird situation between the bad OC and, I don't know, I don't, maybe Baker and Jarvis, like, hang out together and go hunt. Like, they have something. <laughs> they clearly have something there that's bigger than football because on Sunday, you watch that, Baker is going to Jarvis Landry. He'll throw one up you, for you. charity because, oh, there goes Odell. I got to throw it to him. That is Odell Beckham. But I, I respect it. I, I still do think Jarvis is going to be better. You know, I think um, I think the Browns are set up to all take a step forward. I think what happened last year was the stage was way too big for them. Yep. I mean, this time last year, we were already talking about them as so- Super Bowl picks. Yeah. And they didn't perform even remotely close <laughs> to that. Nope. Um, so I think the stage is... Now, it's taken down. They don't have to worry about those expectations. And that's one thing that uh, Baker uh, brought up in the Colin Coward show. Like, he's, he even brought up that, like, the state, it was it was such a big moment. And the expectations were so high that anything short 
of a win short of success was deemed a failure. Mm-hmm. And that might have gotten to a lot of the guys' heads. That might be why Miles Garrett is over here bashing dudes' heads in. <laughs> that man's crazy. <laughs> you know, and so I think that pressure is now relieved because no one's expecting them to do anything this yeah, season. Yeah, no exactly. one really, I think also no one really cares yeah, what they do. They certainly don't. You know, and so I think that's kind of a good situation to be in because now you can just perform. Just focus on your game. And if Baker Mayfield can take a step forward and is going to rely a lot on the coaching this year. I don't know what that's going to look like, but if coaching can be, I mean, just a little bit better than Freddie Kitchens, <laughs> then I think Baker takes a step forward, which means the entire offense takes a step right, forward. Right, yeah. um, I think if that happens, the only person that isn't really uh, going to benefit too much will be Nick Chubb because everyone else's stock is going to go up, which means Nick Chubb's stock goes a little bit down. Mm. But as a whole, that offense, I think, is going to be a little bit more valuable than they were last year. If, o- if OBJ starts hitting them kicking that again, <laughs> oh man, yo, I need I need angry o- OBJ back, back exactly. man. All right, so let's carry on to the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. The Ravens. Um, so there's a lot going on there, bro. <laughs> a lot there's a, of nothing. Yo, there's a lot going. <laughs> There's a lot going on there, but believe it or not, for me, there's not a lot that I want to take on my fantasy Thank team, you. which is uh, weird. Yeah. They're a yeah. good in real life team, yes. but fantasy wise, you got a handful of guys. So obviously, I think the obvious one is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Sid, does Lamar Jack Lamar Jackson do what he did last season again? Fantasy wise, yes. Yes, he will. Be the best, probably the best fantasy option, and definitely quarterback, but possibly the entire uh, league because this man is the most gifted, elusive runner I've ever seen yeah. with my own eyes play football. He protects himself, so you know he's staying healthy. Yep. He doesn't take stupid shots, and he's so elusive, it's hard to even get a claw on this man. <laughs> Secondly, he's a red zone god. Right? So, <laughs> You get within 20 yards of this dude, most likely he's the reason the ball gets in, whether he ran it in or he threw a beautiful touchdown pass to my boy Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. And third, I mean, the Ravens did what a lot of teams aren't willing to do, and they didn't give an offense to make Lamar Jackson learn. They gave him an offense that fit Lamar Jackson. So they built an offense that he will thrive in. And I think that he took a big step year one. I think he takes an even bigger step this year because he, let's face it, he learned how to throw yeah. very well last year. Mm-hmm. Could he be a little bit more consistent in the throwing? Yes. But he can, if he makes the same type of leap he did from his rookie season to uh, this season, I mean, he, him and Mahomes, bro, they're just going to be running fantasy for the next few years. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you guys, nostalgia aside, is Lamar Jackson better than Michael Vick? <sighs> Nostalgia aside. Nostalgia aside. Okay. Give me a couple seconds. That's a, that's a lot of nostalgia. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really weird question. Because First of all, are we talking fantasy or real life football? In my opinion, I'll kick it off. I think he's better than Michael Vick in every single way. Whoa! He's in every single way. <laughs> that's a, that's from, a really, really hot... From a, fa- from a fantasy perspective... He crushed it last season. Not only did he crush yeah, it, yeah. he crushed his record yeah. last season. Um, 
And I think what he showed a little bit more of than that he was he has eclipsed Michael Vick in is his ability in the passing game. You know, he I like what I like that Lamar did was he ran when it was necessary or when it was most advantageous. Mm-hmm. He ran when he knew he was picking up the first down. And for a guy like him, that was that was cake. It was easy. So yeah. you, that's why you saw him running so much is because he just needed a small window and he's getting that first down. I think also his arm is more accurate, not by much, but I think it is more accurate than Michael Vick's. It is. So that leads me to say, what else did Michael Vick do that was better than Lamar Jackson? Because Michael Vick didn't win. Yeah. No, he wasn't out here winning games. He was fun. He was electric. And that's why I stated as a nostalgia aside, yeah, Lamar Jackson yeah. does everything better than Michael Vick did. Yeah. I agree. I think the only thing Mike Vick had on Lamar is arm strength. But at the same time, Lamar's more, he is a way more accurate passer. And he does have, I say, a better pocket presence than Michael Vick. Yeah, because because arm strength don't mean anything if you can't put it. Exactly. On I say you can throw it a mile. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put it five yards in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I guess so. Like when you break it down like that, Lamar Jackson, I, you the, can argue, you can easily argue it. The determining factor, I think, is going to be uh, Madden twenty one because um, <laughs> or whatever year it is, because I feel like. Uh, yeah, because Lamar, what was he ranked in Madden last year? Something crazy. And he was, I know he was crying about it. But this mm. year he's going to be like... He's going to be a 98. Yeah, he's going to be 98 or something like yeah. that. So, And everybody considers Michael Vick being the most dominant Madden player of all time. Like, oh, oh, yeah, we're going to say that. That'll be the ultimate test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. going to be a test, bro. But no, I agree with y'all. I think, uh, I think Lamar is a notch better than Michael Vick in every category. And I, and I get it. The sample size is completely too like you got yeah, a big like, sample well, size from Vic. Uh, yeah, you know I get it, but sometimes you see a player and you just know he's going to be special for a long time. Yeah. Um, listeners, I want to know what you guys think. Well, you know, following this podcast, you'll find a poll on our page. Are you taking Mike Vic, prime Mike Vic, mm-hmm. or are you taking prime Lamar Jackson? We'll have that up for you guys. Because I'm really interested in knowing what everybody else would say. Um, all right. So we touched on the biggest part of the Baltimore offense. Drew, is there anything else that you're taking in that offense, fantasy-wise? Uh, wow. Um, yeah, I'll take a little bit of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, just because I don't know. I'll take it. I don't know who else Lamar Jackson is going to throw it to. Right. Me, so, uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, he'd be a solid... I think he'll be a solid number two on a fantasy roster. Um, definitely not a wide receiver one. And the Ravens literally run the ball like nobody's business. So, yeah, I'll take a little bit of Hollywood Brown. Um, that's really it, though, off of that team because the running game kind of scares me. They drafted J.K. Dobbins, but yeah, out of Ohio State, he's a beast. He's a but beast. him and Mark Ingram, I don't know what. I don't know who's gonna get goal line carries. I don't know who's gonna get like who's gonna be the third down back. Like yeah. I, I don't know yet, so I, I wouldn't really touch them too much. I, I stash them or get them late, but I'm not really I'm not really concerned with Ravens running back. I'll uh, I'll take some of Sid's boy Mark Andrews. Mm. Um, I think he's a top six tight end. Easily, I think um he's 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 up there. He was yeah. he was utilized really well. I think the only thing that um sucks about that is they got 
so many tight ends. Yeah, well, so they get rid of Hayden Hurst, which is gonna help. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I actually forgot all about that. So yeah, so that, that puts me even higher on yeah, Mark yeah, Andrews. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would. So Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Hollywood. Uh, stay away from the run game because it's too muddled. Lamar it's too Jackson messy. Be the number one option. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and once again, I would take that DST. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, they're pro- yeah. And they're talking about signing Antonio Brown, which would shake up the league. So. <laughs> that would. Yo, yo that would that actually would be disgusting. Up the top. Uh, that's gonna the be first, sh- second, the first two rounds. That's gonna be a whole show, bro. If they sign, yeah. All right. Uh, so I think that I think that covers Baltimore. And now, Sid's <laughs> been jonesing over here. Big Ben Redemption. <laughs> Let's touch on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steeler Nation, boys. So Sid, you're our guest. This is your team. Yes, sir. Take the floor. What is your outlook, fantasy-wise, of your Pittsburgh Steelers? With no bias included, (laughs) I think the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) are going to produce probably some of the best fantasy players this year. You said with no bias. (laughs) Hold on. Let's get into it. We're going to dig deep into it. Now, let them go. Yeah, well, let them rock. Let them rock. So, first off, I'm going to start with the obvious. Big Ben. All right, he's coming off a serious injury. He's old. I get it. You know what I mean? He is going to be, I think, the quarterback steal of the draft because he's going to go late, extremely mm-hmm. late. People don't want him. Yep. That's fine with me. So I'm going to grab him. Yeah. But he is in a prove-it year. Mm-hmm. And I know with the Steelers organization, uh, with him and talking to the Rubies and whatnot, he wants to play football. And he knows that with all the drama, the cancer, the, um, just everything that happened with the Antonio Brown saga, now this injury, people are looking at him like, you know what, it's honestly time to move on. And honestly, I like fantasy players who are in prove years. Mm-hmm. I don't like contracts. I like prove years. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Big Ben, first and foremost, I think he's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Ebron is going to be a red zone god. Yeah. If, you want, if you're like me, who don't really rely on your tight ends to, you know, be like put up wide receiver numbers, and mm-hmm. you need like a, you just need a tight end who's touchdown, touchdown dependent. I'm going Eric Ebron. Why? The Steelers haven't had a red zone threat since AB left. Let's keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. And. Just like A.B., we don't really need someone who's freakishly big to be a problem in the red zone. We need someone who's effective, who can catch. And if you watch Eric Ebron last couple of years, he's an issue in the red zone. He's a, he's a size problem. Yep. He's a matchup problem. I think I expect good numbers from Eric Ebron. Uh, Chase Claypool wouldn't draft him, but I think he could. He could surprise people later. He's a... He has a, a Randy Moss type body. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, another red zone threat. But the two that I want, the three players I want to touch on is Juju, mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. and James Conner. Okay. 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 So, Juju Smith Schuster had a very subpar year last year. Yeah. Also, he was playing with a third and fourth string QB <laughs> and he dealt with. A major concussion and knee injury. All, right. All that aside, 
Juju, let's face it, he didn't really fit the bill as a number one receiver. No. And I don't think that's his game anyway. Yeah. Juju is, he belongs in the slot. And now when you add a, a James Washington who plays on the outside, a Chase Claypool who they're going to put on the outside, I think you get back to an offense where Juju Smith-Schuster thrives. Because that's Big Ben's boy. And um, just a year, year uh, the year before last, Juju put up 1,500 yards. He had over 100 catches. I think you're going to get not as much production because you don't have an A-B there, but you're going to get way better than last year. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a extreme sleeper. He's going to go late or later than he should, I should say. But he is a problem in the slot. I promise you that. I promise you if you have Deontay Johnson on your receiver roster as a three, a, two, a low end two or a three, and you beef up that wide receiver roster, you will make playoffs. <laughs> you will be going to the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> all right. And now to touch on my brother, one of my <laughs> favorite Steelers of all time, Connor Strong. Mm-hmm. James Connor is going to be the steel running back of the league this year. Okay? Not only is he in the perfect handcuff situation, you get him. You want to win this year? You get James Connor and you uh you stash Benny Snell deep on your bench. Okay. Yeah. James Connor is getting Big Ben back. So he's now gonna have a passing game. Last year, when you got a Mason Rudolph and a duck, <laughs> you're you're everyone knows what's happening. Load up the box. Just tear James Conner to pieces, right? James Conner, excellent PPR. Um, I love him. He's a great. I think he's a great runner if he stays healthy. He's gonna have a thousand yards rushing and five hundred fifty yards catching, along with between seven and eight TDs. Oh, oh my God! I'm telling you, the Steelers this year are going to rock y'all. I can't wait. And definitely pick up that defense. I know. We got a position for everyone. You can get. uh, (laughs) Yo, since selling this. (laughs) Take Devin Bush. You can take uh, Minka Fitzpatrick for your defensive player. Uh, You can take the Steelers defense, which is going to be the number one defense this year. All right. You said no (laughs) bias, bro. (laughs) Am I close to. All right. Maybe not the top defense, but definitely top three. Okay. Okay. I still think you're biased. (laughs) (laughs) A little little tad biased right into that. All right. So I. Am definitely on board for James Conner. Mm-hmm. I think James Conner is yo. I had him last year and I was tight because I drafted him so early. But I had a lot of faith in him, and I do agree. I think the team, what happened with the team, directly impacted his production last season. Definitely. Um, I don't know if anybody, if you guys follow him on Instagram, dude is swole. Yeah. He is swole this mm-hmm. season. Um, so guys like that. I mean, like I said last time. Last running back that got swole was Christian McCaffrey. And dude's a number one fantasy option. I ain't saying, but I'm saying. (laughs) No, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really high on James Conner also. Uh, Drew, what do you you take from our boys' takes on Pittsburgh? So I agree with Sid. I love Juju. And I was was on the train of last year. I was like, nah, he's a one. Like, I was... Riding hard. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah, I said, Nah, Juju's gonna be the guy, bro. He's gonna be the guy. Now, am I completely wrong yet? No. No. But and it did kind of help my argument that he had all the like he had injuries. He didn't have Big Ben all season, so it's still unproven whether he can be a one. 
I I agree with you, Sid, that I don't think that's really his game to be a number one receiver, like the number one target. But it could evolve into him being that. Like I think he has I think he has the skill set and capability of being a wide receiver one. He just didn't obviously he didn't show it last year and we have never seen him have a full season of being the one because A B was there. Exactly. Um but I do think he has all the tools to do it. Um so I like Juju as well this year. And like you guys just said, I love James Conner this year, but I think uh He's going to slip a little bit just based off of last season, and I think he's going to be a solid – I don't know about the 550 yards receiver. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, I do think he has a bounce back to the point where he is somebody solid running back in their, in their lineup week to week. Yeah. And All I, right. like the, I like uh, their defense as well. Yeah. So, Sid. Yes. Top three fantasy options from your Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are you telling the listeners to take? Top three. Uh, got to start at number one with James Conner. Yep. Um, definitely with that offensive line, Big Ben back. Uh, because it's a, if you're in a PPR league, uh, James Conner does get at least six to seven pass attempts per game. Plus, he's a red zone. Um, not only a red zone target in the pass game, but obviously rushing. Definitely him number one. Number two... Uh, I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he bounces back. Um, they're going to put him in this slot where he belongs. Uh, Big Ben is reuniting with uh, the OC, Randy Fitchner. They all, all three of those dudes love each other. Juju, expect a lot of action from Juju. And then number three, this one's tough, but I got to go Big Ben this mm-hmm. year just because he's getting comeback player of the year. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of accolades apparently going to the Steelers this year. There's a lot of awards this year. <laughs> and Big Ben is going to be uh, at the helm of it. I think he is – he really wanted to prove himself last year. Obviously, he got cut short with an elbow injury. But I think uh, even like now, even more so, now that he's – you know, he's been slipping on the ratings a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. They got him at number 17 in some ratings as a quarterback. And I think he's eager – to get out here and prove himself. Lit. All right, listeners. Let's wrap this show up. Let's get it. All right, Cincy, guys. What's the what's the record, Sid? Six and ten. Six well, and uh, ten. Strong six and ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's progress. Right, those ten games, they're going to be losing by less than ten points. Hey, that's better than number one dra- <laughs> number one pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll hop on the six and ten. All right, I got five and eleven. Okay. Uh, uh, Cleveland Browns. <sighs> Hot take. Cleveland gets their first winning record since 2007, 10-6. Wow. Um, I'm hopping on that also, 10-6. Yeah, I'm pretty high on them. So, But I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a go 9-7. Okay. All right. All right. Our Baltimore Ravens. They're going twelve and four. In my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they, yeah. I, with people learning about Lamar, uh, obviously the Titans printed out a nice blueprint for everyone. At least how to slow them down. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to get completely slowed down because you still got to tackle Lamar Jackson. But I think they take a, a step back a little bit. Twelve and four. Got it. Yeah, I go twelve and four as well. Um, 
Yeah, pretty much all the same reasons. They're going to figure out Lamar a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Just, uh, enough to account for two more losses than last year. The NFL last year had no clue what to do with Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. So I think a, a little bit of regression out of him and team scheming a little bit better knowing how he plays, I think they'll go 12-4. I'm also hopping on that 12-4. and four. I got a little bit more faith in the team, though. I think, same thing, I think uh, teams start to game plan a little bit more for Lamar Jackson. But... What's dangerous about that is that opens up more of the more of the team. Yep. Uh, so this might be a year where you see some regression in Lamar Jackson's rushing totals, but you might see an increase in his passing, uh, his passing game. Um, either way, I think this this just too good of a team there. Um, so yeah, 12, 12 and four across the board, and then finally, our steel curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. No so, bias no aside. Bias. bias aside, the heart in me is fourteen and two. Hold <laughs> on. The reality, I'm. I got them sitting at eleven and five. Okay. okay. All right. Um, I will go. I'm similar to you, Sid. I'm gonna go ten and six though, mm-hmm. just because I don't really know what we're gonna like what version of Big Ben we're gonna see. He is coming off an injury. He is a year older, so I. I don't know, but I do. They have a solid enough team to get to ten and six. I got them at eight and eight. I still think they're going to be a, a good team. I think they're going to be a little bit, a little bit more middle of the pack, just because that AFC North is a little bit more competitive than what people want to give it mm-hmm. credit. Um, so I, I, I definitely see. I can see Pittsburgh losing a game to a to a Cincy. I can see them losing a game to a Cleveland. Um, so I, I'm, I'm gonna go eight and eight with them. And then uh, that's everybody. Wow. That's it, man. Yo, good episode. Nice. Listeners, be on a lookout for our all-North fantasy team. And uh, what I, would, I think we'll do is um, we will post all four of the all-divisional teams. And you let us know which one you think would win the entire thing. Because some of these teams sound beefy, Stop man. I'm a little biased, so I'm saying that all East team was sounding (laughs) crazy, bro. Um, No, but in all seriousness, great episode, guys. Yo, thanks for being with me. Um, It was a really good conversation. Sid, thanks for bringing the the family over. Of course. Kids sending you listeners heard it. That's that's Sid's boy in the background. (laughs) Yeah, he he decided to uh, make a guest appearance. Shazier. And his name is Shazier. You don't think my boy is a Pittsburgh (laughs) fan? He named his son Shazier, man. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. No, man. Absolutely, bro. We'll definitely have you big guys back on. Um, you guys met our boy Mark. Now you met our boy Sid. Um, both of them will be joining us in the future for a fantasy draft episode. We'll do a live fantasy draft with you guys, and we'll bring our boys back on for the episode. Um, but until then, I'm Jordan. It's been Drew. And you've been listening to Cover 32. Peace. <laughs>